Gospel of Luke, chapter number two, and I want to read some verses here this morning as we kind of wrap up the Christmas story and look at some things together from this text. Page number 1073, if you have an old Schofield Bible, Luke chapter number two. And if you'll find your place that we'll read the text here in a moment, I'll ask you to leave your Bibles open and to follow me along. I do want to invite you back to our service this afternoon at 5.30, and we're looking forward to having a good time together in God's house tonight, and I hope you'll be here. One thing that'll make it better is, number one, if you'll be here, and most of all, number two, if the Lord will be here, we'll have a good time together in church tonight. So uh, let's, let's close out this year being faithful, and then, of course, if I could just say this, next Sunday morning, January the 2nd, first Sunday. Sunday of a brand new year, less purpose in our heart. Maybe some of you have been dragging your feet a little bit about Sunday school. Uh, why don't you make it your, your uh, resolution this coming year, get in Sunday school, show up next Sunday, and to be faithful uh, during the days of the coming year. And God, I'll tell you what, God will bless your life for that. He really will. And you'll increase your faith because the Bible said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more we hear the Word of God, the more it increases our faith. So when you come to Sunday school on Sunday morning, uh, you know, you get a double portion, so to speak, of the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you next Sunday morning, if you haven't been doing it, man, show up for Sunday school. Can I have an amen? And to be here and then pray for the services, start the new year off right. Couldn't help but notice some of y'all were noticing my new Chick-fil-A tie that I've got on here today. Yes, sir. This was presented to me the other night. It's the chicken of Jesus tie. It's a Chick-fil-A tie. And no, you cannot have it. I sure had a good day yesterday. I appreciate the Lord's blessings. Well, Luke chapter number two. If you're there, would you say amen? Look this way, if you will. Christmas 2021 has now come and gone. As of 12 o'clock this morning, it is now over with. You know, it's amazing that what it takes several weeks to prepare for is over in just a matter of a few hours. Today and going forward now will be the days that I guess we could call the days of great exchange because people are going to line up in stores everywhere taking back all those gifts, those things that they receive that won't fit, won't work, or else aren't the right colors. You know that, that orange tie or those bright yellow hand towels for your, uh, for your ruby red bathroom, or maybe that big, big bird sweater with those matching big bird socks, and you're going to carry that back and exchange it for something uh, that you really want. I read this week a, a list of some of the top 10 worst gifts that people got uh, this Christmas, 2021. I didn't list them all, but here are a few of them. Number one, nose hair clippers. <laughs> Not a good gift. Number two, a year supply of Nutrisystem diet food. What are you saying? Number three, a Snuggie. Anybody get a Snuggie this year? And number four, that, uh, that yearly, year-by-year, year great, uh, great Christmas gift, a Chia Pet. Some of the top ten of those, some of the worst gifts that anybody received. I hope you got none of those things for this Christmas. So the next few days all over the world, people are going to be taking things back that they didn't need or that they didn't like. And then there's the matter of Christmas Day leftovers. You know, from yesterday's big meal. They're now sitting in the refrigerator and in the next few days they'll start changing a, into a variety of colors and some of them will probably even start growing a little hair over the next several days. They're 
there's that last piece of fudge that will soon be eaten, that fruitcake that Aunt Edna dropped off by your house that you'll soon put in the dog's bowl, and they'll go out and bury it, not so they can eat it later, but just trying to get rid of the thing. And uh, all those things are now over with. The relatives have gone home. Thought we'd get an amen there. The relatives have all gone home. Boy, you was excited to see them come. But boy, did those red taillights look good as they head down the driveway. All that now remains are the numerous presents that were bought and, and, and trash bags that are full of ripped up uh, paper and, and, uh, and, and boxes. It's all that's left of yesterday. And then standing over there in the corner of the room is the Christmas tree looking very lonely and very barren. By the way, have you ever noticed how people get excited, how excited people get when they're putting the tree up? You know, they'll put on their festive colors and they'll take selfies of them putting the tree up. Why don't nobody ever take selfies of taking the tree back down? Why is it only that we take pictures when we put the tree up? Here's my tree story from several years ago. Uh, the year after Christmas morning, uh, Christmas morning was on a, like a Friday or something that week, so that day after was on, on a Saturday. And I got up earlier than everybody else did. And, and let me just tell you about myself. I'm kind of person is when it's over, it's over. Let's move on. Let's don't belabor this thing. Let's don't leave, uh, let's don't leave the, what somebody said the other day that one of their New Year's resolutions was to take down their Christmas lights by Easter. I'm just not like that. I mean, I, I, when it's over, I kind of like to move on. So I got up early that morning and everybody else was in the bed and I decided that I was going to take the tree down. So uh, by the time everybody got up, you know, I had all the tree down. It was in a box. I put all the ornaments off, and the lights were back in a, a big, big knot like, like they were from the previous year. And, and so when everybody got up, the whole tree was down. The boxes were full of ornaments. And uh, can I tell you something? Nobody spoke to me for the rest of that day. <laughs> they were not at all happy that I took the tree down. So I made... Uh, a New Year's resolution on December the 26th of that year that I've stuck to to this very day, and that re resolution is this. I'll never take down another Christmas tree as long as I live, so help me God. <laughs> I made everybody mad that morning because I took the tree down the day after Christmas. I just leave the tree alone now. I don't even bother it anymore. So uh, it's over now. Don't you wish you could bottle up a little bit of the spirit that people have during the Christmas season? Maybe just pour a little bit of it out over the other months of the year. You know, at Christmas time, not normally, sometimes, in some places, but sometimes people are a little bit kinder during the Christmas season. They're a little bit more thoughtful. I mean, they'll even let you out on the highway, you know, sometimes right around Christmas, a day or so. They don't force you to, uh, you know, run into the guardrail or anything. And, and uh, somebody even held the door open for me the other day when I walked out of a store. I mean, that's a little bit unusual in these days. And, you know, there's some people smile at you and greet you and the Merry Christmases, but now let's just face it, all of that, is over now. We are now on December the 26th of 2021. So this morning, I want to preach on the subject, Christmas is over. Now what? Christmas is over. Now what? Well, let me read you some verses about all this now in Luke chapter number 2. And 
And, of course, you're familiar with this story. We understand in the opening verses of this chapter how that God has nudged the heart of this emperor of Rome, and he has made this decree, and, and all that God was doing was getting Mary and Joseph over to Bethlehem. But the thing that amazes me, God, used, God moved the whole world to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, where it was prophesied hundreds of years before that Jesus would be born. You know something? The Word of God will always come true if God has to move the entire world to see to it. Can I have an amen? You can trust the Bible. It, God will move the whole world to bring one little old promise of the Old Testament to pass. I'm telling you, we can trust our Bible. So they're there at Bethlehem, and then of course, you know, in verse 6 and verse number 7, Jesus is born. And then the scene shifts in verse number 8 to a, to a hillside outside of, uh, in the country of Judea, outside of Bethlehem, where some shepherds are watching over their flock, and all all of a sudden, here is a night, and the light begins to shine, and a heavenly host appears to be shepherds and announce that a Savior has now been born. And, and then we have the story of these shepherds rushing down into Bethlehem to see that which has come to pass. Look at verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So now they've celebrated Christmas. Now join me in verse 17, and let's begin to read. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that, that heard it wondered after those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds... Say the next word with me now. You know what that tells me? Christmas for them was now over. They had been to Bethlehem. They saw the baby. And now the Bible, the Word of God said that they have returned. Returned where? Back out to the hillsides where the sheep are. Watching those sheep. Christmas for them was now over. Let's continue to read verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, heard and seen as it was told unto them. Christmas for these shepherds are now over. Christmas for us this morning is now over. Have, they've seen it all. They've, they've been down. They've been to Bethlehem. They saw the birth of the baby. They saw Mary, Joseph. They, they saw the manger. They, they understand, and they've seen all of that. And yet the Bible said all of that is now over. So they, verse 20, and they returned. You know, there are many similarities between these shepherds and you and I this morning. Christmas for us is now over. In just a little while, the tree will go back into the box. The ornaments will be put away. The lights will be unplugged for the last time. As I said a moment ago, the last leftover will be either discarded or, or be consumed. And Christmas 2021 will now be a wrap. It is now over. I'm so glad that you're in church on this morning after Christmas because ordinarily many people suffer from the Christmas blues when it's all over. You know the days leading up with all the hustle and the bustle. And you got to be here and you got to go there and this family gathering and this workplace gathering and buying all the gifts and time is, is, uh, goes, swift by so, uh, goes by so swiftly because there's so much to do and all of a sudden all that's over and you find yourself sitting in your recliner at home staring at a, at a Christmas tree where the lights, some of them, have burnt out now. What are we going to do now that Christmas is over? We're all there this morning. 
Every one of us are. How are we going to handle this now? What are we going to do? Where do we go from here now that Christmas is over? Well, I, I want to look at these shepherds this morning. What I'd like to do is I'd like to show you three things that they did now that Christmas is over. Would you stay with me for just a moment? I have three simple things. We'll have prayer and we'll go home. First of all, I want you to look in our text, number, number one, and let me just speak a little bit this morning about this, a sight to behold. A sight to behold. Now, I said a moment ago, all of this has taken place in a very dramatic fashion. I mean, buddy, they were awakened. There they were on those Judean hillsides, fighting sleep that night, trying to stay awake, trying to watch those sheep. And all of a sudden, here's this multitude of angels, and a light shines around about them. I'll tell you what, it was supposed to have been a silent night, but it, is, it was anything but silent. I mean, the heavenly hosts begin to break forth in their anthems and their, and their praises, and it was supposed to have been a dark Dark night, but, but it was anything but dark because a glorious light shined round about them. I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, heaven had now come to earth. What a sight. What a sight to behold. Can I say just a few things about that sight? I thought about number one. It was history's greatest happening. Can I tell you something? Ever since the beginning of time, when God made that promise in Genesis 3.15 that a Savior would be born, I mean the whole world, all of heaven had, begin, had been getting ready in preparation for what happened that night in that manger when Jesus was born. It was history's greatest happening. God had now come to earth in the person of the Lord Jesus. It was history's greatest happening. Can I say this? It was humanity's greatest honor. I mean, the greatest honor that God could ever bestow upon humanity was to allow his son to come into this world and to be born in human flesh. I'll tell you what Christmas is. When God put skin on, ladies and gentlemen, it was humanity's greatest honor. Yes, sir, humanity's greatest honor was when God lowered himself and, and wrapped himself in human flesh and confined himself to the limitations of a human body. It it had to be humanity's greatest honor, history's greatest happening, humanity's greatest honor, but it was also heaven's greatest help. Amen. Heaven's great. The answer for mankind's problem lay right there in that manger. Our greatest problem that we ever had was a sin problem, and God solved all of that with the birth of that baby in a manger in Bethlehem. I want to tell you something. God had now come to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Now, let me tell you something. Those shepherds had been downed. They seen all of that. Those shepherds had beheld that sight. I'm telling you, it was wonderful that night. But I want you to notice in verse 20 where the Bible said this, they, were, they returned, notice now, glorifying and praising God. Now, it was over for them. I mean, going down there, that sight to behold, seeing all of that, can you just imagine those shepherds, what they must have thought, how they must have wandered that night looking at that baby laying in that manger? Maybe some of them probably thought that night, how in the world can that baby be the answer to our great problems? 
How in the world can that little baby be God's Messiah, God's King, that God's Savior that he sit down here there? But maybe one of the things they didn't realize was pulsating inside that little baby's body was not the blood of some sinful man, but it was the blood of God Almighty running through the veins of that little baby. And that little baby would one day, under the weight of a cross, march up a hill and once and for all pay the sin debt for the whole of humanity. Oh, yeah. It was history's greatest happening. It was humanity's greatest honor. It was heaven's greatest help in the person of that son. But now they've seen it. It's over for them. But I want you to look in verse 20. The, uh, the Bible said, when, after they saw all of that, they returned glorifying and praising God. Now, his, now, look at me. Christmas was over. But they were still excited over everything that had happened. You know something, as we sat here on the 26th of, uh, of December, can I tell you something? The truth of Christmas is just as real today as it was on the 24th. I mean, it doesn't change the fact, just because we're a day beyond all that now, it doesn't change the fact that God still so loved you and so loved me that he gave his son to come into this world to be born of a virgin. Hey, it still ought to be. God's people still ought to be excited about that. We still ought to glorify and praise God that on December the 26th, thank God, the Savior still come. And that ought to bring a little bit of excitement to us. Uh, can I tell you something? We ought to still get a little bit stirred up. I know right now, I know I get all that, but I'm just here to tell you, friend, it's still just as real today as it was the day before yesterday that Jesus Christ came into this world. And we ought to glorify and praise God over that. Yes, sir. Over that sight to behold. Yes, sir. What a great night it was. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God had come to earth. And as they looked upon that little baby, they were looking into the face of God Almighty. Did they even realize that that little baby wrapped in those swaddling clothes had been clothed in the royal robes of glory? I wonder that night as they looked into the face of that little baby occupying that manger, did they, did they understand that that little baby occupying that manger had occupied the throne of this universe, as they, as they looked at those little hands, did they even realize that those were the hands that created everything that there is out of absolute nothing? I'm telling you, that ought to excite us today as much as it did the day before yesterday. Jesus came to this earth. It's a sight to behold. Oh, yeah, we ought to be excited about that. I know you're looking at me like, oh, preacher, uh, we barely got here this morning. Have mercy on us, preacher. But I can tell you, as God's people, we ought to be excited about, about that. We ought to be glorified. We ought to be praising God for all the things that we've seen and that we've heard. God is still good on December the 26th just as much as he was on December the 24th. He's still on the throne on the 26th like he was on the 24th. He'll still be on the throne tomorrow. He's still good. He's still merciful. And we ought to return and just glorify and praise God for his goodness. There was a sight to behold, a sight to behold. But then there's a second thing in this text. Not only was there a sight to behold, but can I say this? There was a story to be told, a story to be told. Look back up, if you will, in verse 17. Here's what they did after they had saw Christmas. The Bible said when they seen it, what did they do? They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. What did they do? They went, every, they went everywhere, everywhere they went. They were blabbing. Everywhere they went, they were telling everybody about what they had seen down in Bethlehem. You see, there was not just a sight to behold. There was a story 
that was to be told. That, that phrase there, verse 17, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They just started telling everybody. Everywhere they went, they went, they, they told people about what they had seen and what they had been told. The Savior had come down to the earth. These shepherds had met Jesus, and look at me, they, gonna, they weren't going to stay quiet about it. They were not just going to keep it all to themselves. I mean, man, they had something that they had to tell. It was swelling up on the inside of them, and they would just bust if they didn't tell others about what they had seen and what they had heard. And by the way, all they had saw was what we would call the cradle. That's all they had seen. And they couldn't even stay quiet about the cradle. Wait a minute, what about us? We've read about the cradle. We've read about the cross, and we know that there's a soon-coming crown. How can we stay quiet about that? How can we keep that good news to ourselves? How can we just hold it in and confine it to the four walls of the house of God? In God's name, we ought to be like these shepherds. Hey, we've seen it. We've heard it. And God's let us in on this. And now we've got to tell it everywhere that we go. We can't stay quiet about it. They made known abroad the saying. Can I say it like this? Their hearts were full of glory. Their hearts were full of grace. And their hearts were full of God. And they just couldn't keep quiet about it. Now, I know, I get it, Christmas is over. But a New Year's is coming. Uh, next Sunday morning, we'll be talking about New Year. Next Sunday morning, we'll be talking about some things that we want to do better this coming year than we did last year. But can I tell you this? All of us ought to make it our aim. All of us ought to make it our resolve to make known abroad the saying which has been told to us concerning this child. You know, most of us, if we just be honest, one of the greatest areas that we struggle with is making known abroad the saying which was told us concerning this child. I mean, what they find out about Jesus, look at verse 10 and verse 11. They found out, number one, he was the universal Savior. He was the universal Savior. Look at verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Can I just stop and say, that baby born in that manger that night was the Savior of the whole world, the universal Savior. You know, we're almost now at 8 billion people on this earth. Think about that, 8 billion of us occupying this earth that we're living on. But can I tell you something? If every, if every one of us this morning, I'm talking about all 8 billion people this morning went to church when the invitation was given, all 8 billion of us decided to get saved this morning. Can I tell you something? There'd be enough grace to save every one of them. Amen. Hey, there'd be enough power in the blood of Jesus to wash away every sin. There'd be enough forgiveness to forgive every sin that every person has ever committed. You know why? He's the universal Savior. He's universally the Savior of all of mankind. But I like what we read there in verse 11 because you and I know, sadly and tragically, the whole world's not going to be saved. We understand if what Jesus said is right, and it is, there are more people that are going to wind up in hell than there are going to heaven, that are going to wind up in heaven. Jesus spoke about two ways one time. He talked about a broad and a beaten path that leads to destruction. And here's what he said, and many 
there be which go in thereat. Many. When he talked about going the wrong direction, Jesus said, oh man, many people are going in that direction. But then when he talked about that straight and narrow way that leadeth unto life, here's what he said about that. Few there be that find it. I mean, let's just face it. The whole world, as much as it grieves us, as much as we don't like to think about it, the whole world is not going to get saved. Even though he is universally the Savior of the whole world. But aren't you glad personally He's the Savior of anybody that will put their faith in Him. I like that verse 11 where it said this, For unto you, unto you, I'm so glad He is my personal Savior. Yet universally, potentially, He's the Savior of the whole world, but personally He is the Savior of those who put their trust in Him. Can I stop and say it like this? Salvation's a personal matter. Salvation... It's a personal, it's between you and God. Now make no mistake about it, God wants you to be saved. Make no mistake about it, God desires for you to be saved. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen, it's God's will for you to be saved. Absolutely, God wants you to be saved. But now the, she's on the other foot. What do, you want, what do you want to do about it? You see, universally, he's the Savior of the whole world, but personally, he's only the Savior of those who put their faith and their trust in him. And that's why you and I, that's why it rests upon us to make no abroad the saying. You see, there's not just a sight to behold. There's a story to be told. We've got to make known abroad the saying to all the people of the world that there is a God in heaven that loves them and desires for them to be a part of his family. Old G. Campbell Morgan said it like this, the greatest proof that God cares about humanity was born as a baby in a manger. God was saying, when Jesus was born, God was saying, I care, I care. And God cares about every last one of us. But let's face it, there's a multitude beyond these four walls that don't understand that. There's a multitude beyond these four walls that maybe have never even heard that. That's why we've got to make known abroad the saying because, boy, there's a sight to behold. Oh, yeah. But there's a story to be told. Can I have an amen? But last of all, look in verse number 20. Not only is there a sight to behold and a story to be told, but number three, there are sheep to be fold. Now, what do I mean by that? Look at verse 20. Here's what the Bible said. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Notice this phrase, the shepherds returned. Where did they return to? Well, that, that didn't speak about, you know, boy, they, re, they went to Walmart to return their gifts like some of us are going to do or... Well, whatever. It didn't mean they returned to the mall to take back the things that wouldn't fit. It simply means they returned back out to those hillsides. You know why? Watch this. You know why they had to get back out there? Because there was a job that still had to be done. There was some sheep out there that still needed to be cared for. There were still predators out there, wolves and jackals and coyotes that were out there that were going to destroy their flocks if those sheep were left unattended. 
still, there was still a job to be done. There was, still, there was still sheep that needed to be cared for in spite of all that had happened, all the excitement of that night, rushing down there, seeing the baby, uh, hearing the angels, shining the light, all of that wonderful, but yet it was now over. And they had to get back to the job that they had to do. Boy, is that not speaking? Boy, there's the Lord calling right now. He's saying, hey, you better get busy. Yes, sir. Y'all want to answer that? There's a job. There's some sheep that still need to be tended to. There's a job that still needs to be done. You know, as we sit here this morning, I, 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 I like to think of it like this. We took Christmas off. We didn't have Sunday school, which meant you teachers didn't have to prepare for a lesson this week. And we didn't run buses to give our bus captains and workers a, and drivers a break. We took a weekend off, celebrate Christmas, spend time with our family. And by the way, I don't think the Lord minded that one bit. You know, Jesus is the one who said, come apart. You know, sometimes you just need to take some time uh, to spend with your family. I get that. So we took a weekend off. We enjoyed it. I did. My family all came up last night. We had a big meal, a big time of opening presents and just being together, playing games. It was great. I enjoyed it. I really did. But guess what? Now it's time to get back to work. There's still some sheep out there that need to be tended to. Or let me put that in our language. Watch this now. There's some lessons that still need to be taught. There's some, there's some writers that still need to be picked up. There's some soul winning. There's some telling the story that still needs to be done. Oh, yeah, we took the week off. We had some fun. It's wonderful. I don't think the Lord's upset with us about it, but guess what? Now it's time to get back at it. Now it's time to get busy. Now's the time to go back to calling. Now's the time to go back to, to witnessing. Now's the time to go back to tithing. Now's the time to go back to being faithful. Now's the time to go back to praying. Now's the time to start reading the Word of God. Now's the time to, to, to uh, enhance our relationship with the Lord. Now's the time. Listen, we've had some fun. It's over. It's now time to get back to work. Can I have an amen? Because there's some sheep that need to be foaled. I don't even know if you even know what today is or not. So let me tell you. You say, well, preacher, is easy. Today's December 26th. I know that. But can I tell you really what this day is called? It's called Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yeah, that's what it's called. Today, December the 26th, is called Boxing Now, when I first read that, I thought, man, i like to see a good boxing match. I'm for Boxing Day. Let's do it. But that's not what it means. Not in our country as much as in places like Europe, England, Denmark, Sweden, the day after Christmas is always known as what is called Boxing Day. Let me see if I can explain to you what... It's, it's totally unknown in our culture here. But here, here's what goes on in those, those countries. So the day after Christmas, they will take a gift that uh, maybe they got, whatever. Uh, maybe they didn't like it. Maybe they did like it. I don't know, but they'll put it in a box. And they'll carry it to somebody who's less fortunate and they'll give them that gift. Boxing Day. They will, they will take up some, uh, they'll, they'll get some food together, maybe leftovers, maybe fudge, fruitcake, whatever. And they'll put it in a box and they'll carry it to a family that's needed. 
And they call it Boxing Day. I was interested to read about, and by the way, really, it's a big holiday over there. Of course, this is Sunday, and uh, probably this is true, but most everything shuts down on Boxing Day. Even banks are not open uh, the day after Christmas when it falls on a different day than Sunday. Pretty much everything comes to a screeching halt. They box up stuff, and they carry it and give it to people, and they call it Boxing Day. But I was interested to find out in the country of Denmark, they, they put another thing to it. Here's what they do on Boxing Day. It's the time that they not only take boxes and distribute to people that are less fortunate, but they also box up their Christmas ornaments. They box up their trees. They take down their decorations ordinarily right the day after Christmas, and they box it. They put it away for another day, and it's called another year, and they call it Boxing Day. There's even a... a uh, country or two that, that will do it like this. On Boxing Day, as you box up your tree and your ornaments on December the 26th, they encourage you to write down any bad thing that's happened to you this year. So you think about some of the bad things that's happened to you, you write it down, and you put it away in a box, and you store it away as if to say, okay, that's not going to define who I am. I'm putting that away I'm gearing things up for a brand new start. Boxing Day. But when I read that, I couldn't help but think about this. How many people in a few days, few weeks, few months, however people do it, they're going to they're take their ornaments down, put their tree back in the box, and they're going to take away their nativity scene, and they're going to put Jesus back in the box for another year, and they're going to be done with him for another year. And next Christmas, they'll drag him back out again. It'll be time to give him a little honor, a little, quote, unquote, a little bit of a spotlight. And then after it's all over, let's just put all this away, box it away, and put it up for another year. I, I want to encourage us as we sit here in this place on this Sunday morning, man, let's, let's keep our love red hot for Jesus. We're about ready to move into a brand new year. Let's, let's stay close to him. Let's, uh, let's love him better. Let's serve Him more. You know why? I'll tell you why. There's a sight to behold. There's a story to be told. There's sheep to be fold. We've got a job to do. We've had our fun. We've opened our presents. We've eaten till we can't eat anymore. Now's the time to get back at it again. You say, preacher, you know something? I ain't even been doing that well no way. Well, why not here on December 26th? Why don't you just say today, all right, from here going forward, I'm going to get back in my Bible. I'm going I'm to tell you what, from here, from this day going forward, I'm really going to start praying more. Man, I, I'm not just going to let this thing just pass me by. I'm not going to slip it in a box and put it away for another year. I'm going to do my best to really make a difference in people's lives and in my life, in my relationship with the Lord this coming year. Because Christmas is over, but there's still a sight to behold, a story to be told, and sheep to be fold. Let's get back at it. Can I have an amen? Let's bow our heads. Father.